Hey there everyone, it's your old pal Cape Jewel back again for another Comic Multiverse interview segment. It's been a very long time since I've done one of these, but our guest today, Ruben Nehera, is just such a cool dude who's lived such an exciting, out there kind of life. Uh, he, he he reached out to me for one thing, which normally never happens in this show. Normally I'm the one who has to, you know, really pound the pavement and try and, you know, schmooze people to sit down and talk to me. But he's a fan of the show, he wanted to come chat, and honestly, just, you know, after reading this dude's credentials and, you know, learning a little bit about his life, I really had no choice but to have to talk to him. It's not every day you meet someone like this. This guy wears a lot of hats, uh, my guest here, Ruben. Uh, he's a comic store owner. He's a comic store writer. In fact, he's going to be part of a very big, brand new Archie collection coming June 15th. That's the best Archie ever special. We're going to talk to him all about that. He's also an actor and a musician and a stuntman, but before that, uh, you actually began life as a skateboarder, didn't you? Which, I mean, I have to hear all about that for having me joel it's it's a it's a honor um i dig the show i uh, love the youtube channel too um yeah actually i use it as like a a source for uh, uh uh getting in touch with a lot of things in the comic world because sometimes i'm like so busy on things that i'm i'm, I'm a big like uh podcast uh or youtuber sometimes i'll just let them play and i'll just be working on my thing in the background so for me i mean it, it's it's people like you and shows like yours that uh you know, oh, I, I, I gain knowledge and get in the loop of things, you know? Aw, oh, thanks so much, man. That really does mean the world to me. I forget sometimes doing this crazy podcast gig that people in the industry might actually end up listening. I'm still that guy who was doing it in his bedroom as a teenager and everything. It especially means a lot coming from you, because like I said at the top of the show, you wear a lot of hats and you've lived a really fascinating life and done so much different stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah, I've done a lot. Um, the order of which the things occurred, they're you know that they're they're all over the place. Um, I'm not. I'm the I skated professionally in my twenties, um, and uh, maybe like a little into my my early, my earlier thirties. Uh, but like mainly my twenties, I skated professionally, and I kind of did that uh, intentionally because I knew I'm, I wasn't going to get younger, and it's like. Uh, I, I knew I had to do the physical part like that first, you know, uh, and then everything else I knew I would just kind of get a, get around to and, and make it happen. Um, so I'm really, you know, stoked I did that. I still skateboard. I just, um, I just don't, I just do other things that I like to do. I, 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 uh, I live a bunch of different, uh, uh, I try to squeeze as many of the things I love into this one life that I get. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely, man. 100%. That's basically what I'm trying to do here with the channel and my videos and with everything else. Yeah, plus my, my body can't do what I used to do, like, you know, then, you know what I mean? So I used to jump off of all kinds of crazy stuff when I was younger. And now I just chill. And I just I just cruise and have fun. And really, that's what to me what skateboarding was all about was just um, the independence and the freedom and uh, doing something where, uh, you know, a, a, a team, for example, like when I was starting out and I would try team sports. I was either on the bench or, uh, you know, bullied or so on and so forth. Cause I was, a you know, uh, you know, a smaller, a smaller kid, you know, uh, and then I ended up getting a growth spurt and, um, and, uh, I don't know. I just kind of branched to skateboarding really because, um, I could do what I wanted, how I wanted, whenever I wanted, you know, and that independence and that freedom, I just, uh, adored it and uh even when i there was no one to skate with it didn't matter it was just me and the streets and how do i get from point a to point b and i just paint that picture you know so 
that was what I enjoyed about it. But um, throughout all my life, I've always written. I've always been a writer. Um, I did some writing in the action sports uh, industry for, yeah, for like many, many years, actually. I wrote for a lot of different publications. So I've always, I was already writing. Uh, now, the standard of writing there is completely different than comic book writing. Yeah. And, um, and then, the, you know, writing from that is also different from doing uh, scripts and stuff for television and shows and pilots and things like that. So, um, you know, I, it was really a learning experience for me. But all throughout, I, I never stopped writing. I was always creative. And it even dates back to when I was, you know, uh, a little kid just playing with action figures and building my my stories and my worlds you know what I mean yeah and then that's really where it started for me I've always been like that kid and I've always loved that and I've never been shy about expressing my love and my passion for those uh for those things that I love you know what I mean so yeah I always really loved like skater culture from the outside looking in you know I wore the shoes and the board shorts and I listened to like the music and everything and had the lingo but I was never I was never really athletic enough I think to do it and to really get into it I feel like there was a time in my life if I had gone another way maybe I would have done the whole skate thing yeah yeah it was always it was always um yeah you're saying because of like the, the weather too huh because there's snows more so you have less days to skate right yeah I think a lot of my younger listeners, too, probably wouldn't fully grasp the idea that for a moment there, skater culture, like, was pop culture. It was inescapable. It was big, yeah. And there's actually a lot of really influential uh, Canadian professional skateboarders that cross to the States. They're, they're some of my favorites, actually. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, it's just gone, you know, hand in hand. It's just something that, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is... It, it's 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 very widely accepted now, but when I was when I'm talking about when I was st skating early on, I mean I could think back to like my high school and I was one of like five people out of like a thousand something that like skated. It was like not. I was definitely a, a misfit in that sense, um, which is funny how I kind of turned back around now. Even when when uh, I I started getting sponsored and in, in uh, I rode professionally for a couple brands. Um, I used to get uh, I used to get told stuff because I would have some uh, corporate sponsors and stuff like that because I'd be getting paid to skate. And so it wasn't like a cool thing back then. You know what I mean? And like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You know, the big specter of selling out, you know, you sold out, man. I heard that so much in like the early 90s and 2000s. That was the worst thing you could do. Yeah. But the funny thing is, it's like I, I, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like. Like growing up, like some of the first, like the first like jobs I had here in the valley, like I was literally, I was, I know it's stereotypical because you know I'm 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 Mexican and I'm over here, I you know I live in in Mexico on the U.S. the border, but I I mowed lawns, like I literally did yard work, you know what I mean? Like that that's what like I started off, that's what like my my first gig was over here, and I did that, and like I don't know from doing that and not wanting to like go work. Um, cause I mean, the area I, I come from is just like higher poverty and there's just no, there's no, uh, I mean, we're around just crop fields and stuff. So there's like pollutants and there's a river here. That's like the most, one of the most polluted rivers in the entire United States. Like it's the, the level for opportunity here is like not, not there compared to the rest of the world. And so I really was going against odds to begin with, even when I was like born here, you know what I mean? Um, uh, I love where I come from, but it's not easy to come from here. And um, when I was skating early on, 
Um, and I started having the opportunity to make uh, money from different sponsors and stuff. You know, people understand, like, I was just trying to, to, to make a better life for myself. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say no if they want to pay me to ride a piece of wood with wheels. You know what I mean? To begin with, that already sounds ridiculous, you know? So if they're going to pay me to do it, heck yeah, let's do it, you know? And the funny thing is, like, back then I got a lot of uh, heat for that when I was in there. And, and, uh, and I, you know, it wasn't from the rest of the world. It was more like, like uh, from the core community and, you know, local people. Um, but, uh, the, the truth of the matter is if you look at everything now, everybody has like Nikes and Adidas and all, and all that stuff is sell out. But I, I was doing that back then to, to make a living and now it's cool, right? Now it's like normal, but that would have been everything, everything that everything, everyone does now would have been shunned back then. And I was doing it back then. And if I would have done that now, I wouldn't be shunned. I'd be praised for that. And it's just messed up how it goes. It's really funny to see culturally how we've done a complete 180 on the whole idea of selling out and everything. Now, you know, young TikTokers, 15-year-olds, tech bros, they can't wait to sell out. It's their favorite thing because that's how you get paid now. Yeah, there's that saying, uh, what is it? Keeping it real keeps you broke. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, naturally, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, it, yeah, it's it's funny. that it, It's just, it's, the world's just changed so much, you know what I mean? Um, but, um... I don't know. You know, like the, the thing that's really always just kept me happy and what I, what I love about comics and the medium and storytelling is just like you can do like these million billion dollar like blockbuster movies and you can do that in a comic book because you don't have the restrictions. You know what I mean? Like you can tell these stories and you can have them take place in a far off galaxy. You know what I mean? Uh, or you can have them take place, uh, you know, massive battle and wars and all these like crazy things going on that uh, big blockbuster and we could do but you could tell it in a story and um you know uh, you know wanting to do films and things like that you do have budget constraints and what you're able to do and what you're not able to do you don't have access now to you know expensive cgi or you know what i mean practical effects and so on and so forth but with writing i just always enjoyed the fact that i didn't really have any restrictions and i can write and write and write you know and create worlds and build worlds and do stories and make up characters and do these cool scenarios and stuff. And I just adore that. And uh, that's that's my favorite thing about writing, you know what I mean? Um, I can't imagine ever being tired of doing it because just that I will never get around to being able to do everything that I want to do or tell every story that I want to tell. And that's actually exciting to me, you know? Yeah, that's, that's incredibly fascinating, and you know, that's totally why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this sort of thing. Now, when when does comics enter your life here? You know, what uh, what started you down the path of that journey? So, um, I can track it back to when, in, well, in, in 1989, there was a Spider-Man comic. Uh, when I, I believed it in, I received it in 1990, though. It was at my grandmother's house, and she had it on the dryer. <laughs> in the in the garage and i did not know who it belonged to to this day i still don't know whose comic that was it was fate uh, but uh yeah and uh my grandmother was just like um you could have it and basically i was like all right and uh it was a spectacular spider-man 155 so that was my first like hand-me-down and my first uh comic and that was actually uh, it had spider-man getting like beat up to a pulp when he was chained to uh if anyone's seen that cover you can look it up but uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 155, and I did not know who Spider-Man was, so he was not like a hero to me, or I wasn't like a oh. fan or anything at the time, because he was literally getting beat up by this villain named Tombstone on the cover. <laughs> yes, I know the cover you mean now. Yes, I know the one. 
Yeah, so I was like, what's going on here? Like, I remember it said Triumph of Tombstones. So I was like, oh, so Tombstone won. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, that was my first introduction. Poor Spidey's getting beat up, right? And then uh, um, I just was hooked. I was like, oh, a comic book, right? But the first time I got a comic book, like, actually one from, like, the store that wasn't a hand-me-down, because granted, even that hand-me-down, like, the bottom of the corner was ripped off with a staple it was really like red you know yep yeah um and uh the first time i really uh read uh the a comic book that was like mine that i picked uh how it by fate was an archie comic hey i was at the uh at the register and my mom sometimes would do this thing where she like would tell me and my younger brother uh one thing because we're at the checkout lane right Mm -hmm. Uh, like at kmart uh or at one of those like stuff anyone remembers kmart you know what i mean <laughs> i miss but, uh, kmart actually yeah <laughs> yeah like one of those the, those stores and uh um and uh, my brother would always pick the candy uh and uh and i because i remember that the spider-man comic i was like i want more comics you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so uh when you're at those checkout lanes some people might might or might not remember this uh it really shows my my age here but uh, they would have these Archie uh, digests. Oh yes, and um, I knew th- those were comics because I remember I grabbed and flipping, and I was like, "It's there's a boatload of comic in here, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. comics, comics. I want more, you know." And uh, I just loved it, and like I remember at the time, what were they like a dollar and a dollar, dollar fifty cents ish around there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Got a lot. They were packed. If you remember, oh, yeah. you know, they were really packed. And, uh, they were bang for your buck, no doubt about exactly. it. Exactly. And I, I read the heck out of those things. Um, I mean, I remember, like, uh, for me, it was always a win-win because, like, my brother would, like, eat his, his candy or chew his gum or whatever, and it was gone in, like, seconds or within, you know, the day. And that, that Archie comic um, was uh, guaranteed entertainment for, like, a week, two Value, weeks. Value, yeah. I could always go back to it, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. I, I had me a giant little collection of all these uh digests and i just try to get them whenever i could and it was just like you know that was like my my entertainment so it's pretty cool i, I have a, a long history uh with archie uh you know and uh jughead betty and mm. veronica uh which is actually uh absolutely incredible that i get a chance to to write yes you know, that i get to write and uh with betty and veronica and archie and, and work in that world uh really is a dream uh, come true you know what i mean so totally um, yeah i just started building my comic collection from there you know what i mean just those those things and then you know the 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 comic i call it the comic craze like comics were always around but you know right around that time like 1990 91 92 93 94 they were 94, hot it was a boom period yes that's when all of the other stuff started just stockpiling on you and now you got all these all these like a lot more like spider-man and like uh um what was it like all the image stuff that oh yes the image revolution and everything said collector's issue and like it was just like the 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 overprinting of everything x-men one and uh x-force yep and yep just just got like dropped on me you know so i went from like starting off with the spidey book and then collecting all these archies and then you started seeing this mass uh stock of all these other comics um and uh i was just like in 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 a a a bliss of like uh just the nostalgia like you know sometimes i trip out because uh um for a while this is 
Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it was it was an amazing time in culture, and I'm so glad you shared your story of finding your first Archie comic, because I feel that that story really resonates with a lot of people, and a lot of people have the same stories, and I've mentioned it on the show a hundred times. What's cool about Archie is that when you're Spider-Man's and your Batman's and every other store, or you know, every other book kind of retreated into their special stores, Archie never did. Archie has been able to, like, kind of bridge the gap between generations, between, like, my father's generation and even my grandfather's generation because Archie has been omnipresent in the grocery stores, in the drug stores, even in stores that don't exist anymore like Kmart. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's something so wonderful about that. And obviously, you know, the Archie had like a big boom period there again because the TV show, which obviously did its own thing and did stuff differently, but got people interested in Archie again to where they started coming out with new like prestige Archie comics. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, with what you're saying, it, it just it kind of adds more to the specialness of it because, like, I physically picked the Archie comic as, like, my first... Because, like, the, the Spider-Man one was, like... It was, like, passed to me, mm. you know what I mean? And then the Archie one was, like, what I, like, I chose when I saw it. And then, like, to be writing that now and go full circle like that, like, the, it's just... It's 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 incredible, you know. It's cosmic. Like, uh, yeah, it's it's really yeah, it's cosmic. Yeah, it's mm. so cool, and I'm just so honored. And just comics as a medium, I absolutely adore it, and uh, I always will. It's something I always will, and um, yeah, I mean Archie is Archie is forever. I mean it's it's, I mean there's nothing else really. I mean think about it. Like you said, the generations that it spans. Oh yeah, and, uh, and the reach that it has. Um, and you know the the generation now uh, knows it a lot from like the Riverdale shows and stuff, mm-hmm. but generations before and before know it from like the comics and and like me through like the digests, you know what I mean? And like absolutely so on so forth and through time. And it's just been there's just something really cool about um, you know Riverdale and the gang and like um, just these, especially me being like a kid and growing up and seeing them as like. Uh, you know, youthful, you know, teens and kids as well, like growing up as well. Like there's just something kind of that you get a connection to that, you know? Yeah. And the fact that it keeps growing and changing too, and writers keep adding stuff to it, like Riverdale has actually become quite diverse as far as comic book stories go. They've introduced gay characters, hearing impaired characters. It's not, you know, kind of Pleasantville, Lily White type of situations that it started with, like Riverdale and the Archie cast has actually grown up and changed with its readers. And I think there's something kind of amazing about that, about, you know, not fighting against the turning of the clock and actually embracing it. Right, right on the money, Joel. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's adapted it's just grown it's grown with everybody in the times you know what i mean and that's just a beautiful thing uh and it's going to continue to do that you know um archie's really really diverse and i've always loved that uh, about the company uh and everyone who who's involved and represents it i mean uh i mean look at myself i mean i am I'm, I'm writing on this comic uh and uh, if you would have told me this this kid who was living in uh you know in the imperial valley and going back and forth from Mexicali, Mexico to the United States as a little kid, you know, reading Archie's all of a sudden would someday get to write uh, for Archie. I mean, it's that's the American pretty, dream. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty awesome. You know, you, you are Americana now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I was born uh, on in in the in El Centro, California, 
at the regional hospital uh, here. And uh, but I mean, most of my family lived in uh, Mexico, Mexico, and uh, you know, my abuelitas and my abuelito, my grandparents, and uh, I was just you know spend holidays there come back and forth because the border's literally right there like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in the city mm-hmm. of Calexico like we're staring at the giant wall you know yeah um, and so I grew up uh, there and so uh, when you cross into Mexico uh, and you want to cross back um, for those that that are, are aware or unaware um, the line to cross back is like I'm not kidding. I've we've sat in a car in that line to cross back from Mexico for like five hours wow. just to cross back. And so a lot of times in those five hours, I'm sitting there with like a little Archie Digest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, just reading, you know what I mean? As a kid or any other comics that come out and like I was just absorbing and reading. And that was my form of entertainment because this was, you know, this was before uh, 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 laptops. And you know what I mean? Like there was no TV screens in the back of the yeah. cars or anything. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, that didn't exist. So our, our form of entertainment um, was literally like, you know, we, we would read or, um, it, you know, if you're fortunate enough, maybe someone had a Walkman on or something. Mm. Walkman. Yes. Oh, I, I've been there. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I just have a history of that going, you know, going back and forth and growing up here in a, in a border city. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty cool to be full circle back and writing some Archie. Absolutely. And, uh now, yeah, and it, I was going to say, now the book that is coming out June 15th, yeah. for those who don't know, I just realized that I did not say the name of the book, nor when people can go and buy it, which is bad for an interview point. Uh, it's called The Best Archie Comic Ever. It's coming out uh, June 15th, and uh, it's a multiverse tale, is what it actually is. All Multiverses are all the rage right now, and you kind of get to put your own stamp on it. It's a big anthology collection. It's uh, you, Tim Seeley, Fred Van Lenti, and some other people I'm sure I'm forgetting, but it's a it's a real killer's row of talent. Yes, so the best Archie comic ever. Uh, so, folks, anyone that's listening, if, if you if if you've never bought an Archie comic or if you're an Archie fan, this is one that you definitely trust me are going to want to get. Um, it is now, and this comes from someone who's read a lot of Archie. I've read a mm. lot of Archie comics. This is throughout my my uh, my decades on this planet. And uh, this is going to be the most action-packed uh, Archie comic ever, all right? Uh, it is super action-packed. Um, like you said, Tim Seeley's on this. You know, Tim Seeley's worked on so many incredible things. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody knows Tim Seeley. Uh, Fred Van Lent. Uh, I was a fan of, like, a lot of his Valiant stuff, actually. Yeah, like yeah. Um, Aubrey Sitterson also is on the project. Uh, Georgia Sposito, she's, she's the one that's... Um, uh, doing the illustrations on my story, uh, and she is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I'm so uh, fortunate that um, I was, but we were paired together uh, mm-hmm. on this project. Our story is called Operatives, so uh, it takes place in an opera. So oh. there's a little pun. So operatives, you know what I mean. So it's uh, Betty and Veronica as a super spy uh, agents. Oh, fun, fun. Uh, again, you know, uh, to talk about two characters who, you know, really belong to pop culture, you know, it must be so great to get to put your own stamp on them, because I feel like that is an eternal question. Are you more of a Betty person or a Veronica person? Yeah, so they actually, you know, uh, for some people who deep dive, they know they're always, like, battling uh, uh, for Archie, so on and so forth, but they team up mm. from time to time. And in this story, they are a super dynamic duo together. Um 
And uh, Archie, Archie's in the book as well. So I got to work with Archie as well in the story. Uh, Dilton's in there as well. Cool. Uh, and uh, there's a new villain. So anyone who collects a lot of uh, 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 first appearances, there aren't too many Archie first appearances that pop up too no, often. No, it's true. This is, this is actually a first appearance of a new villain. Uh, name's Big Carp, and uh, he's like a mob boss. Like and, uh, it. It's pretty cool. They got these little like fish uh, hook insignias and all, all <laughs> cool. of his monsters. Cool. I, I I love gimmicks and I uh, love theming. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it totally yeah. sounds and that, fun. That's just my story. I mean, there's there's two other stories in here, so it's three stories. It's it's a big it's a big book. So um, you also get uh, Fred Van Lent's story, um, and uh, so you got like uh, like the other two stories that are in here. There's you got a, a Conan Jughead and a Superman Bruguerian. by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah, Jughead the Bulgarian. Love uh, it. And that's art by uh, Jed Daughtry and. Uh, and uh, also, you have the uh, the where's the other one right here? Let me pull it up right here. Sure, go right ahead. Uh, uh, the Fred Van Lent story, uh, which is that's what Tim Seeley's doing the art on that one. That's the one where you have uh, Archie as the superhero. He's like he's like the Archie Superman. You know, love it. I, I'm surprised uh, this hasn't come up before. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's it, the cover's beautiful. Actually, it Tim really is. Knocked it out of the park. And uh, Tom Whalen has a, a cover B. Uh, both fantastic covers. Uh, I love it. Uh, Georgia Sposito, who's doing the art on the story that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you might know her from the Doctor Who comics. Yes, uh, I did think she seemed familiar, and now I know. <laughs> so she did the Doctor's, Doctor Who stuff for Titan, and uh, she's incredible. I, I, I really, really love her work. I know there's an article on a CBR uh, comic book resource, and they showed a couple of... Um, a cool like sneak advance shots of uh of their work and there's two pages from the story that that georgia and i worked on together and um and then uh it also helps to have uh one of the absolute best uh, editors in, in all of comics jamie lee Ritante. yeah uh, shout out to her uh she's absolutely incredible um i loved absolutely adored working with her um she the back and forth with her and the collaboration she always has really great ideas that she brings to the table mm-hmm. and that really helps because it's kind of reminds me of like um when you're like like on a movie set or something and the director and back you know you get these like right these, right yeah it really helps to hear like a, a different point of view sometimes because from someone from the outside could kind of give some um it's collaborative you know, it's third party yes. perspective yes I, I i loved it um she's freaking awesome um so shout out to jamie um, she's actually editing a lot of stuff. And you know what else is really cool about Jamie is she she was one of the prior writers on oh, Betty and Oh, no way. Yeah, so working with her, it's like, you know, the, like, Betty Veronica writer, and then, like, she's, like, helping me. Like, this is my first time writing Betty and Veronica, you know? So, like, it's, like, kind of, oh, like... Oh, that's fun. Yeah, like, collaborating, like, kind of passing the, the mini torch to... You know what I mean? We're collaborating back like that and uh, just have a lot of respect for her and... That was a really cool experience. So, oh, that's super uh, awesome. Yeah. So th- this this book, like I said, if you're an Archie fan, guarantee you're gonna love it. If you've never read Archie before, this is definitely something you want to pick up. Um, it seems I, like a fun place to start because it seems like there's a nice mixture of everything going on here. And and it's a one shot, so you can't mm. go wrong. You know what I mean? Um, if you know, I'm not. You know, I won't leak anything else out. But if some <laughs> people dig them, they can probably possibly spin off into other things you know what i mean but this is a one shot so also don't feel like you know you have to like commit to three of of course 
It's just a one shot. You got two covers to pick from. Um, I'm not sure right now how many like because sometimes there's like store exclusive cover any for anyone that yeah, likes to, like, yeah. all the there might be some store exclusive covers. Uh, but the cover A and cover B are the ones that were shown um, right now, which is the Tim the Tim Seeley and the Tom Whalen cover. Now, yeah. uh, now, obviously, uh, as people probably heard there, Ruben knows a fair share about alternate covers and releases and everything like that. That's because you actually sell comics, too, on top of everything else. You have a background in that as well. Yeah. So um, so get this. So kind of dating back to like where I was talking about how I got my first comics. And we didn't have an actual comic book store here where I grew up. Oh, like, wow. Um, at one point in time, and I swear, this sounds weird, but one time when I was really, really little, I remember walking into a house and someone had, like a house, mm. and like walked up the stairs and someone had their living room and they had comics for sale. Huh. And they had this like, I don't even know if it was legal or not, but <laughs> that's, they had comics. And I remember buying comics at a house in, in Calexico, California. And uh, it sounds weird, but then that place was gone. I don't know what happened. And then th- thus why I would get comics like at, Kmart or 7-Eleven, mm. so I didn't really have like a real LCS. Now, fast forward many years later, I always knew I, I would want to open up a store if no one did it, and no one ever did it. Um, so, essentially, when I had that shot, uh, when I kind of stepped out from uh, skateboarding as like a career, um, a lot of the money that I had saved, I invested into opening up a store. Oh wow! So I opened up uh, MetaHumans Comics. Great name. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've been around seven years. Uh, two years ago, we got nominated. Well, well, two years. Time flies because of the pandemic. Tell me uh, about right it. before the pandemic, whenever that was. Now at this point, uh, a we billion nom- years ago. Yeah, we were nominated for an Eisner. Yes, amazing. Cool. Uh, we didn't win, obviously, but just being nominated is is uh, an honor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then just I kind of like breaking this right now. This is the first place I'm saying this. Ooh. This year we got nominated again for an oh, Eisner, hell yeah. so it's our hell second yeah. time uh, for the spirit of uh, so it's like the, the comic book shops. Yeah, category, yeah. You know? Which is a great category, you know, to share some yeah. love to your local mom and pop brick and mortars out there, especially in a day and age when they need that love more now than ever. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, I've had a, uh, yeah, I mean, seven years. Um, that's a lo- it's a it's a long time to run a, a, a brick a and mortar shop. Store. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, my goal is is let's hit that that decade mark, and we're we're gold. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. So we're so close, you know. So, um, but, yeah, you know, obviously we carry all the publishers in 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 uh, even I try to I try to help a lot of indie publishers as well and. We try to do everything. We have a lot of collectibles too. You know, we have mm, diversify. Uh, yeah, I get it. Exactly. You know, you know, it, it, like action figures too. We got a, like a lot of stuff you won't find at the other store sometimes. Like we have accounts with like NECA and Ooh. we do get like our Hasbro stuff. You know what I mean? Um, all mm. the Marvel Legends and the Star Wars Black Series. <laughs> I, and- I know all about the Marvel Legends. <laughs> I just I just started collecting those retro Spider-Man Marvel Legends again. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the black suit Spidey's awesome. Oh, that just came out. They're yeah. so good. And going for a lot, too, because I, I have not collected toys in, like, 20 years. I'm like, oh, I can just hop right back on into this. Hey, that Green Goblin looks good. Can I buy that? Oh, no, I can't buy it, actually. Not if I don't want to shell out 200 bucks on eBay. Okay, good to know. That Green Goblin figure is actually really awesome, dude. It the is. detail on the, on the uh, like, the, the purple uh, mm-hmm, armor mm-hmm. with, like, the the rivets, the little grooves on it. Oh yeah, I hear you. 
Yeah, yeah, those, uh, I'm a big Marvel Legends collector. We carry them in our shop, but I also personally collect Marvel Legends. So They're those really ones are the, the G.I. Joe Classifieds. The G.I. Joe Classifieds, I think because Hasbro doesn't have to pay the licensing because uh, it's their property. Right. Uh, you'll notice they have a lot of, like, like uh, my favorite thing about that line is, like, um, uh, if, if you've seen the figures, like, all, like, the, the, the knives and the guns have holsters and clips oh, and cool. backpacks. Like Spirit, like one of my favorite characters, he's got like the eagle with like the wings articulated. Oh, that's and awesome! Snake Eyes comes with timber, you know what I mean? And like, um, yeah, I just love all that stuff. And then NECA with like all all the Ninja Turtles, Super Seven with all those Ninja Turtle figures. The gargoyles like, NECA is making the gargoyle now. Gargoyle ones, that Bronx Ugh. one that's gonna come out. That one is fantastic. Um, the toy company's just know now, hey, are you a 20-something that grew up with this stuff? You probably have disposable income now. Would you like to buy back all your childhood toys, but they look better with higher-quality sculpts? Yes, yes, yeah. I would, please. Yes, I would, please, as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my generation can't own houses, but we can own an amazing-looking hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, you know what, though? We do live in a good time for, like, uh... Uh, action figures and, and all that because like mm -hmm. it's incredible the things they're doing the articulation oh, and the yeah. levels that we're getting with that is absolutely amazing absolutely. it really really is now let me ask you this because you are you know involved with such a uh, Eisner Award nominated shop what goes in to making a good shop because I feel you know this is a school of thought that you know is a little different every time you hear it but what uh, what, what, what do you think goes into really making like just an A plus shop that people want to come back to well for, for one, um, we stick around because I make sure that we always do right by our customers. Mm -hmm. So it's more important to me to make sure that they're satisfied than to, and I, I, I don't want to say this in like in a mean way because I've, I've literally gone to other stores and been, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Had managers like uh, uh, screw me over, so on and mm -hmm. so forth. Um, there's I, been think, a, I think we've all had horror stories, unfortunately. Yeah, and so for me, it's like if someone's, I try to make sure that my customer's always satisfied, you know what I mean? Uh, right now, I have like a fantastic store manager, uh, Vanessa, she's running the store right now. She's, hey. she's that does all the, um, I actually, that really helped our business a lot, actually. I recommend this to anyone as a store. Um, when I was first starting out, I tried to do everything, and that's kind of a, an issue. It's, mm. it, you, you can get some help, that's where it really steps in, because like when she's, managing the, the storefront uh i'm in the back end doing like all of like the online shop uh orders um i'm like assisting with packing and shipping i'm like making sure the website is, is uh on point uh we try to get our social media on point we're oh, always you like gotta. it's it's you know what i mean i someone needs to be running the storefront and someone needs to be doing the back end so like i've really kind of taken over a lot of like the back end stuff and she's really just kind of doing the stuff from the storefront and making sure that's going. Plus, it also helps that like um, to have a manager that's like an encyclopedia of like like when someone comes in to sell something, she like knows right away like key issue, you know, not key issue. Oh, this awesome. could be good to the store. This could like so she's got a superb knowledge of all that. She knows her stuff, and it's really good to have employees that could do that. Um, totally, totally. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just about customer service. Uh, getting with the times when the pandemic hit. Oh uh, yeah. I I. 
I adopted uh, Instagram online auctions really early. Oh, smart, smart. I was never afraid to try things. Uh, then we adopted. We went into Whatnot. We were like one of Whatnot's first sellers. Oh, yes. Uh, I've been seeing that app around there. I'm like, do I need to check that out? What is this Whatnot? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like a – what is it? Like a bartering thing. It, yeah, it's like essentially um, – so I, this this is where it gets interesting. So when, when the pandemic first hit, we adopted like the Instagram live sales. And because uh, people couldn't physically come in the store, so we would do sales that way. But uh, and it did great; it really did. But the issue came: we would get certain people that wouldn't come in and pay for what they bid. Mm. Unfortunately, since it's Instagram, they were outbidding someone else who probably would have actually paid for the item. Oh, that you know? stings! And so they were bummed because they lost. And then the person that beat them never came in, and and it got to a point where even as of recent, we were clearing some of the back stock in our store. And there was people that haven't paid or picked up their item for two years. Jesus. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? We reach out, and it's just like they were just messing with us or something yeah. at that point in time. So, but what Whatnot does is when you bid on something, you're held to an agreement. So the second you win, it automatically charges. Oh, that's good. That's, yeah, I, I can see why that would be popular. <laughs> yeah. So when we adopted that, that changed a lot as well. So then we just kind of shifted. We're, like, we're doing everything through here. So we were one of the first uh, people to really jump on that. So that's really helped because there's no, um, yeah, there's no, uh, uh, you know, yeah, there's 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 no disconnect there. Like if you won, you won. You yeah, no, I mean? no shenanigans. No shenanigans. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, and so just just adapting and doing all that, and uh, and then we just do everything for the community. I mean, we just had what was this? Um, if you look at like our Instagram pages, uh, my store's called MetaHumans Comics. Yes, check it out. And uh, our website is metahumanscomics.com. And uh, if you look at our site, we just had like an autograph signing with uh, Jason Page, who was the voice of the Pokemon theme song. Ooh, so love that guy. We'll, we'll do like a, a, a lot of in-store signings. Uh, we've also done a lot of uh, store variants in our past. I've um, seen them. They look really good. Yeah, we did some stuff with uh, – we've done a lot of good stuff with my friend David Nakayama. And um, he did like our, our Spider-Man uh, Marvel exclusive. He did like our Masters of the Universe uh exclusive um we've done d stuff with dc we've done stuff with uh uh tmnt at idw uh my friend dave garcia did the cover for that one he did the old archie Killer. turtle comics which another another connect with me because dave garcia in my community where i grew up here he's the only person who's ever broken into comics he's an really? artist huh his name's Dave Garcia, and uh, he's he created a uh, PandaCon, this uh, panda character from the Ninja Turtles. He had an action figure of him. Hot and, damn. Uh, yeah, and so I always grew up looking up to him. You know, it's really great. And he did the cover for our store for a Ninja Turtle cover. And uh, it's pretty cool because those were the Ninja Turtle comics that I really grew up reading. They were Archie. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? And people forget about that. But the Archie Ninja Turtle comics, it's like the two things that I, I really loved. You know what I mean? Archie and Ninja Turtles, and they combined at that time when I was a little kid. I was just reading the heck out of those. And Dave did the early covers for those. So he was always like a, a hero when I was a little kid reading those. And um, and now to be uh, a writing for Archie like that, it's, it's full circle because it's pretty cool. Because in my, in my area, there's never been anyone that's ever broken into comics mm. for writing, period. You know, so, um, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, we just do a bunch of different things. I also do a, a local convention here. 
Nice, uh, nice. The Imperial Valley Entertainment Convention. Uh, we we did it three years before the pandemic hit, and then we obviously had a pause. We're going to mm. end up back, so we're planning the new show for, for that's going to come. But uh, on our last show before the pandemic hit, um, we had like over a thousand plus in attendance. It was very very successful, and it was growing. That's freaking awesome. And- I I love those smaller, more local cons, especially as the other conventions get bigger and consolidate and everything. I like I like the smaller human touch. It reminds me of the conventions I used to go to when I was younger, before you know San Diego took over. Yeah, and 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 uh, um. Are you a big Star Wars fan, Joel? Oh right? yes, most definitely. Because we, we the last guest we had um, uh, was Dickie Beer. He's the guy who was uh, Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. Oh, cool! And uh, that was a really cool, cool, uh, uh, really cool to have him here because um, in the Imperial Valley over here, all Central California, um, where I'm at in this area, about. 35 minutes drive from here if i wanted to go i could hit the the dunes where return of the jedi was shot where the oh that's cool java sail barge was oh that's so, awesome so boba fett's like a mascot for us out here so i um, bet yeah pretty cool man it was pretty cool to have him here so that was a big deal and uh yeah and those dunes if, if anyone's ever out in this way um they're beautiful if you just want to go look at them they're there you know it, you could just park in front of the dunes and just trek around it take some water though it gets pretty hot <laughs> don't go on a windy day either <laughs> no yeah. yeah but they're beautiful i highly recommend checking them out um i remember hearing stories from some uh older customers that i had that were around when that film was being shot and uh they were saying that when the when that when star wars was shut down when the production was mm-hmm. shut down it cost them a lot of money to uh you know all the parts from the set to haul them somewhere or dump them so they actually they had like a hole that was there that they like kind of dug and they just kind of dumped everything in there say so, what <laughs> so for a really long time i was told that um and by now i mean the the sands of time literally have, have covered it all but <laughs> yeah really there were pieces of the foam latex from the sarlacc pit holy shit that yeah. people were coming from all over the world all over the world because star wars is star wars and they were coming and they were digging these pieces out of the dunes right here. It's like D.B. Cooper's big... treasure. Yeah. Yeah, they were just getting their own little uh, uh, souvenirs, Star Wars, like real Star Wars souvenirs. That's so, amazing. In time, pieces of the Sarlacc pit were being taken and, and, and piles of wood that were held to the sail barge. Like if you type in like a, a sail barge, Star Wars set photos or something, you'll see that, um, only, that the sail barge was kind of like a, a facade, like only only the outer part was built when you would go around it there was nothing there it was just like wood frames you know what i mean right um, right so they didn't like construct the whole thing but from one from one side it looks incredible and from the other side it's all just looks like a uh you know the other side of a home depot uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean fake house or something that's funny so, uh, uh yeah pretty cool little bit of a uh, star wars history there uh, and it's it's a pretty big deal here and then and because of the desert setting how it looks out here they've shot all kinds of other stuff out oh, here. oh yeah uh what they do they did american sniper out here jarhead uh pretty much all the movies that you think they did i think they did some stargate stuff out here anything whenever that, they like, need a desert exactly you know yeah it's we're so close to like the uh we're like about like four hours from like la so i, Los I, 
it's Hollywood. I, I always love knowing when those like famous places from movies and TV shows are real and you can go there. I remember I had my mind blown as a kid when I found out that the Power Rangers Command Center is also in L.A. It's a Jewish mm -hmm. temple. It's called, like, the Temple of the Voice, and they just yeah. picked it because it was a cool building. <laughs> yeah, that's in uh, Simi Valley, I think. See, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I need to visit that. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I need to visit that and, and see if... Uh, if I if I can catch capture the ghost of Zordon, yeah, you know really, I mean? man. <laughs> I, I you have to imagine that they get all sorts of crazy tourists there too, taking pictures, and people have no idea why they're so interested in this building. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the janitors there at night, they're like, I swear, I heard a <laughs> an, an ay 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 somewhere. I would just go around playing the sound effect over and over yeah. again. The ghost of Alpha 5. Oh, you know? uh, tell me about it. Uh, so, yeah, so you got this new Archie comic coming out in June. Obviously, we want people to check it out and support you. You got the comic shop, which is going strong. I just followed you on Instagram right now, too, because I want to keep up to date on it. Uh, what else do you got coming out? Because you seem like a busy guy with many different projects and many different fingers and many pies. I have uh, – there's actually quite a bit of uh... – Archie things I wrote. So um, oh, this nice. is just the first one that that's we're, we're, you know this is the this is the blockbuster. Right, you know I mean? right. And then uh, uh, um, you know as time goes on, we'll, we'll see what else I, I got that trickles out. Um, there's a number of things uh, that we I, I got done. Uh, I'm always pretty um, uh, you know yeah screw it pat myself on the back but like <laughs> yeah, I, go I, for I, it things done dude you know what I mean like I, I hit my deadlines I've never missed a deadline um ever that i could think ever i've never missed a deadline i'm always on point i get myself to do it mm. um you know i i think a lot of, of my work ethic uh comes from uh skateboarding to be honest with you right. uh, that i'm used to i'm used to falling and getting back up and doing it until i land it you know what i mean yeah so that'll I, that'll teach you persistence no doubt about it and so, you know, when I need to get something done, I get it done. You know what I mean? And I make sure it gets done. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fantastic about that. So I got a lot of things in the work. Uh, I can't really uh, say them quite yet. One mm. of them, I guess, I, I can sort of uh, leak out. But I do have a, um, uh, a personal project that I'm working on. And, you know, right before uh, I got this Archie comic done, I had done a children's book. It was yes, called Yes, yes, I saw that. And uh, we had a really successful Kickstarter on that. And um, I did that book just for the awareness for uh, this near-extinct uh, porpoise called a vaquita. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's off of the coast of Baja California. So it's really important to, uh, you know, well, it's important to the world because it's, it's, it's one of the, it's the rarest uh, sea uh, animal on Earth. Yeah, you know we, don't, I mean? we don't want to lose any more rare animals. We've lost yeah, enough. But I it's also a really big deal because it's right off of the Mexico coast, so it affects me and our people. I'm not that far from where it's taking place, you know. Right, so you got a, you got a personal I, connection to it. Yeah, so I just felt I really had to do something and spread awareness through it. And one of the the best things about that project that I did was um, uh, so many emails that came out to reach and people were like, I didn't know about this. And for me, that's like yes, like that's me doing my that's that's me doing my part. That's the you know power I mean? like, of art to raise awareness. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and uh, a lot of the sales from the Kickstarter, I donated the money to uh, the research foundation to assist over there. I donated a bunch of uh, the books that we had as well to the kids and the youth over there. The book is bilingual, by the way, as well. Oh, cool. So 
yeah, so kids can, in, in Mexico can read it as well. But it, U.S., Mexico, English, Spanish, it's got both in it. And, um, yeah, I did that. And um, on, on my website, if anyone's interested, I do have we do have a few copies left of that for sale. And it does come with a sticker and a postcard and a couple stickers, actually, holographic Chiquita de Vaquita stickers. But it's a beautiful it's a beautiful little book. I'll it's be like sure a, to link people. Those, yeah, it's like one of those cardboard. Uh, what do they call them? Board books. You know, ah, the, 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 yes. Like a you know like a like a, a six year old can whack it with a hammer and nothing's gonna happen. Yes, you know I, mean? I know like what it means. Yeah, more protected. Exactly. So it's a really well made book, and uh, yeah, I have those on my site. That's like the that's like the thing I got done right before uh, uh, all my scripts and stuff for um, the best Archie comic ever. Uh, and then I have a bunch of other things I'm writing, and uh, with time, I mean, like on my social media, you'll see as like I start to to be able to pump them out and talk about them. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. But um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just really looking forward to the release of this. Um, if you want a preview of uh of the uh, of the, of the best Archie comic ever, um, heads up on Free Comic Book Day. Uh, there is an Archie um Free Comic Book Day book. And it does have a preview of not of my story, but of um, if you see Archie there on the cover, you know what I mean? The, the superhero yes, Archie. Yes. There's a preview of that story in the free comic book uh, day book that's coming. So heads up, if you're going to go to your local LCS, you can pick that up and kind of get a little snippet of that story. Archie always um, really goes all out on free comic book day. Their offerings are always really good. So now you have no excuse to not check it out, everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that that's uh, uh so that's coming up because that's on the uh yeah that that's free comic book day it's on the seventh of uh, May so yes yeah day day, um, day after Doctor Strange comes out everyone yeah I, I'm looking forward to that movie likewise yeah I still haven't seen a uh, uh, Moon Knight so uh, I'm, it's I'm, I'm it's good out. it's almost done it'll be done this week because it was only six episodes yeah I heard it's good though. I heard it's good though. It is. They go some very interesting places with it. I appreciate that they were not afraid to slow down and tackle some more serious subject matter in this one. Nice. I'm definitely gonna watch that. I watch everything that is essentially uh, superhero related. Mm. Even when people say a movie is bad, I still watch it. Like I just <laughs> have to watch it. You know, Gotta it's be a like completionist. I hear you. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes I think like some things are like even misjudged. Like. Um, uh, like that, uh, the the Fantastic Four movie that everyone said was like the worst. Oh, super- yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one they did before the before they lost the rights. Yeah, like I mean, okay, look, it wasn't like the best movie by by any means, but it wasn't like as bad as everyone it, said it was. You know what I mean? It <laughs> had one or two pretty interesting ideas. Again, because you work in film too, you probably notice this. I think the biggest problem with that movie is they had a vision. And that vision got chopped to pieces in editing. There's a line in that movie that will live in my head rent-free forever. It's when Sue Storm says to Victor, Oh, you're a real Doctor Doom, aren't you? And I'm like, that joke only works if his name is Domachev. Wait, he was supposed to be called Domachev, and then they changed it, but they kept this line in that doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, yeah, the, there, there's, it's absolutely not perfect. There's a lot of, of flaws in it, but I also just did think it was as bad as people uh i don't know maybe it's just me like since i do make indie films and stuff like right. um 
I don't know. Sometimes when someone says something is this is the worst, it almost makes you want to see it more sometimes. It's like, well, what makes it the worst? Oh, people are I, you know full I mean? of sometimes hyperbole, no doubt about it, especially with superhero stuff. People are over dramatic. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, and and then sometimes on the on the inverse of that, sometimes they'll be like, "This is the the best of all the superhero movies," and I'll watch, and I'm like, "You know, this really wasn't the best. Like, I don't know why this was praised I, as the best. I actually, like this one more. You know, so I, I feel like that really happens with me like once a year. Like whenever there's like a big art movie where it's like, you no, know, I always want to try and make sure I see the big art movie of the year. Like uh, what was that one? Uh, Neon Demon, and then the one before that which was like the detective movie. It was like the big Lebowski, but it wasn't funny. And I'm like, okay. Is that one yet? Yes, I'm like, I'll I'll see these. And I'm like, okay, I don't see what people saw in these, but all right, I'm glad I saw it, though. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'll I'll watch it all. I'm open to watching it all. Uh, I take take little things from different uh, movies. Uh, Everything has its good and its bad, and uh, some are worse than others, obviously, and some are better than others, but... For the most part, man, I, I I'm just such a fan of uh, of the culture, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's I love... a great time for it. Yeah, I mean, our cup runneth yeah. over. Yeah, I mean, man, I, look at look at in the world we live right now with the content we're getting. It's oh, absolutely yeah. insane, you we're know. Getting... Like we're we're, yeah. get, we're getting a Doctor Strange sequel sandwiched yeah. in between a Moon Knight show and an Obi Wan Kenobi show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Like, who 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 would have thunk? You know what I mean? I mean, we just we just saw a a, a whole show about Boba Fett coming out of the Sarlacc pit. Yes, we sure funny, did. Like, lives in the area. They're literally saying he's crawling out of this thing thirty five <laughs> minutes away from me. Like, gotta love it. Like, you know, hey, the, it's uh, so it's. It's so, like, crazy. I, I totally relate to that. The actress that's going to play Miss Marvel lives, like, two hours from me. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, Pretty it's, wild. It, so. Exciting times we live in, no doubt. So uh, I, I guess we'll start winding this down because I can already tell if I don't, we could totally talk all night and I don't want to keep you from everything. So thank you so much, Ruben, for coming and hanging out with us, uh, letting us all get to know you getting uh, kind of this peek behind the scenes for the best Archie comic ever, which will be dropping uh, June 15th. Uh, any parting words, anything else? I guess uh, t- tell people where they can find you on social media so they can stay up to date on everything you got coming out. So you know what? Um, you could find me at www.rubenaheda.com nice. uh, on nice. social media, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Ruben Naheda. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the best Archie comic ever um i i promise you you're gonna dig it uh it is an absolute blockbuster if there ever was one for archie this is it uh it's a one shot you can't go wrong um awesome covers awesome stories you get a lot of bang for your buck in these mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i definitely recommend it get it on your pull list tell your local lcs um and uh yeah you won't regret you won't regret it <laughs> um and uh joel thank you for having me a I pleasure man um, like I said, uh, I, I'm a true, I'm a true fan. I, I, I listen to the show. I, I, I love it. The YouTube channel you do, a lot of work. I know all the work that goes into it, and uh, I appreciate it all. And uh, yeah, from one uh, fellow uh, uh, comic book guy, uh, <laughs> you 
No, Guy, to, to another man. Thank you so much, and uh, what, a, what an honor and a pleasure to speak to you here today. Well, thank you so much, Ruben. It was great getting to know you, too, and I'm sure we'll have you back in the future as well, because I know this is just, you know, one project on your way to the next cool project. Got some cool stuff, dude. Yep. There yep. you go. So thank you for watching and listening, and everyone. Be sure to follow Ruben on all of his social media. Be sure to check out uh, the best Archie comic ever, and we will be back again next time, everyone. Bye-bye.